BakerBots LLP provides podcasts for educational purposes only. They are not legal advice. This communication may constitute attorney advertising. Good morning. I am Megan Burge, partner in Baker Bots Environmental Group. Welcome to the Environmental Evolutions Podcast, where we explore the changing landscape of environmental law and policy. This episode is part of our Administration Transition Series and explores what lies ahead for the ever-shifting, seemingly hard-to-pin-down definition of the term WOTUS. With me today is Tom Ward, the Vice President of Legal Advocacy for the National Association of Home Builders, which represents 140,000 members in the home building industry. Tom has spent more than 20 years litigating Clean Water Act implementation and application, and is uniquely qualified to speak on today's topic of WOTUS. Tom, thank you for joining me. Happy to be here, Megan. Thank you. All right. So, Tom, as many people have asked, what the hell is a WOTUS? What the hell is a WOTUS, Tom? Well, that's a really good question. At its basic, it is like you said, it is just a term in the Clean Water Act, Waters of the United States, or WOTUS. That's most basically what it is. But what it sets is the jurisdiction of the Clean Water Act. How, what can you pollute? You can, you cannot pollute WOTUS. Things that are not WOTUS, under the Clean Water Act, you can pollute, I guess, basically. So that's that's why everyone cares about what is a WOTUS. Now, when you say everyone cares about what is a WOTUS, I will note that under the Obama administration, this rule or this term became a critical focal point under what was actually named the Clean Water Rule, but was referred to as the WOTUS Rule. And then under the Trump administration was then revised and we had the navigable, the navigable water, waters protection rule issued. Can you talk a little bit about the back and forth we've had between where we were prior to the clean water rule, where we are now under the navigable waters protection rule, and then where you think things might be going in the Biden administration? Well, absolutely. So let's, let's go back even a little bit before the clean water rule. So what people talk about is kind of that 1986 definition of WOTUS. And the Supreme Court has looked at that a number of times in a number of cases. I won't get into all the detail of them, but they have found, they found some problems with it. And so when the Obama administration came in, they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to put together a new definition of waters of the United States. And so like you said, they, they called it, the clean water rule. Some people refer to it as, a, as the 2015 WOTUS rule. And it was broad, as you can imagine. It was a, a broad definition of what is a WOTUS. It included a lot of geographic features by rule that they considered to be waters of the United States. And then they had kind of a catch-all at the end that said if, if certain things have a significant nexus to a WOTUS, then those are also jurisdictional. So it was a very broad rule. Trump administration, they came in and they immediately took a look at it. 
He had he signed an executive order saying we're going to look at it. The agencies looked at it, and they came up with a new definition, as you said. They came up with the navigable water protection rule, and that was narrower than the 2015 WOTUS rule, as anybody kind of would expect. And so that the one of the main the two main things it did was it took out ephemeral streams. It said ephemeral streams which are streams fed by rainwater. Like those are the kind of streams you see that, that on a dry, you know, a couple of dry days, there's no water in them. Then if it rains the, a lot, you'll see the some ditches, water flowing in. The ditches, the, the pictures ditches. of ditches yeah, yeah. on the I mean, side ditches, of the road. Exactly. <laughs> Things you can kind of step over. So they took those out. And they also said that adjacent wetlands, and there was a Supreme Court case back in, I think, the 80s that said adjacent wetlands can be regulated. And so their definition of adjacent was next to. I mean, and I'm talking about the Trump administration. The Obama administration, the definition of adjacent was much broader. It could be, wetlands could be much further away and still be adjacent, where under the navigable waters protection rule, they have to kind of abut uh, to be considered adjacent. So those are the really the two big differences that the navigable waters protection rule made. Now, let's pause there for a minute because, and I'm going to make a terrible pun, to muddy the waters a bit. The, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> well, you, very nice. I've been waiting the whole podcast for that one. It's not really even as clear cut as that great dis- description you gave between where we started under the 2015 WOTUS rule, where we moved into under the current rule, because of the activities in the court. So for someone who is in a regulated community going, I have to figure out whether my activity is subject to the jurisdiction of the Clean Water Act, it's not as simple as pulling out the current regulation and saying, am I within these boundaries because of our wonderful court system? And I thought it'd be great if you could speak a little bit about the impact that has had for folks. Oh, yeah. So when, as you know, as people are apt to do, when the 2015 WOTUS rule came out, there was a lot of litigation that immediately ensued. And before they could even, before we could even figure out where to litigate, there had to be a decision, of, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court about whether the litigation starts at the Court of Appeals level, like the, like the Clean Air Act cases do, or whether it starts at the district court. And the Clean Water Act requires certain things to go right to the Court of Appeals, but everything else, you go right to the district court. And so the Obama administration had said all the cases, they said it in the rule, which is kind of strange, but that they should go right to the Court of Appeals. But that, so that is where they immediately went. But then people appealed that to the Supreme Court and said, these kind of cases don't go right to the Court of Appeals. And the Supreme Court agreed, said, no, these cases have to start in a district court. So now we've got all these district court cases challenging the 2015 rule. And the government tried to consolidate them under the, under the court rules that allow for that. And the court said, no, no, we're not consolidating all these. So there were different lawsuits all over the place. And certain ones found that the 2015 rule one case in Georgia found that it was substantive, substantively unlawful and also procedurally. 
also a court in Texas found that it was procedurally unlawful. But then now we get to the the Trump rule, the Navigable Waters Protection Rule, and the same thing happens. So now we've got all a whole bunch of district court cases going on challenging that rule. And now but those cases aren't done yet. So as you can imagine, with a change of an administration, what are we going to see in the court cases? So I think the likely, because this is what happened back in 2015, just you know, following history, that the DOJ will ask to remand the rule back to the agency in all these cases. The, the agency will say, we're going to take a look at it. And so the DOJ will say, okay, courts, my client wants to take a look at it. So they're going to ask to remand it. And then I suspect that the EPA will work on a new rule, a new definition. But, but like I said, I don't think they can go right back to the 2015 rule because at least one court in Georgia has said, no, that was, that was too broad. That rule was too broad. So litigation-wise, that's where I expect we will be, is we will be in exactly the same place we were in 2016. It'll be just, you know, deja vu all over again. Well, I do want to take a step back here. Really, what this discussion does, though, is highlights the challenge for compliance, because this matters to your members, home builders as well as other industries that construct infrastructure. And there's a lot of talk in the Biden administration about a major infrastructure build-out because it determines what kind of permits you need. So in that context, we are looking at a scenario where you said, okay, they're going to take it back. They're going to work on a new rule. In four years, the significance of not being able to go to a court of appeals first means that the litigation pathway to a complete resolution is longer. At the end of the day, it means the litigation is protracted and longer. So the ability to get through a new rulemaking that is legally sound and scientifically supported and then go through litigation, what does that timeline, if you were just ballparking how long that would take, how many years were we talking? by the time, I mean, we, we have the history from the 2015 rule. You can't get through it in four years, right? So that's, that's, what, that's what occurred. And so now we're going to have the pendulum swing the other way. And as you said, for the regulated industry, that's terrible. And so now, you know, if it takes, it's got to take at least 18 months to two years to get out a new rule, it's going to take at least that for the Biden administration to get out a new rule. So now we're litigating. And now, before you know it, maybe we have a different administration coming in and we're going through all this again. And it's and it's it is a nightmare for the regulated industry to try and figure out. Go ahead. You know, the only pathway to any certainty here is would almost require two terms and a win across the board in the litigation. I, I think so. Then, then you could get it to the Supreme Court, and they, they could at least say, yes, this rule is, is legal. Whatever rule, whatever administration is, this rule is legal. But if after eight years a new administration comes in, it's, all they're going to say is it's legal. They're not going to say it's the exact right rule 
and this is the only rule it can be, they're going to say it's legal. And so the new administration can come in and say, yeah, we, we see it differently. And they could also <laughs> then create a new rule that was also legal. Because what is the term again, as we started? What is the United States? That's all we know. I mean, there's not, Congress didn't put a lot of factors to determine what is a war in the United States. Well, I will make two notes before we move on to our next topic. One is, I do joke with my colleagues about the fact that the Supreme Court in the water context is known for coming up with creative solutions anytime a case comes up there. And it doesn't just say it's legal. We seem to get a new term every time. <laughs> yes, that is that is very true. We, we get a lot of new terms <laughs> through the through the Clean Water Act every time they take a new case, <laughs> and then everyone has to figure out what those terms mean. <laughs> and in all the meantime, everyone's going to the Supreme Court asking them to take cases to define what this term meant that you just created. <laughs> <laughs> and the cycle continues. And yeah. lest anyone listening feel too depressed, at the end of the day, the best advice that you can really give someone, I suppose, is to comply with whatever rule is in place and then potentially consider how you would also fare under the 1986 rules as well. So almost do a conservative analysis in addition, or conservative backup analysis in addition to looking at whatever rule you're currently subject to. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I mean, so right now, as I said, most all the countries under the navigable wars protection rule. So if your project fares well under that rule, get your jurisdictional determination now. Get it now. It should be good for five years. Um, and then at least you have a plan forward. But don't wait for the for the Biden rule to come out because you may not fare as well under that rule. Um, so, I, yeah, I would suggest people look at it now. And I don't know, I haven't tried to figure out whether we go back, if some court finds a problem with this rule, do we go back to the 2015 Obama rule? Do we go back to the 86 rule? It's, I think you make arguments both ways. Um, so it's, it's best to get your project started, get your jurisdictional determination. Like I said, if it, if it fares well under this rule, get it done now because it's going to change. I do want to go back to one more point that you made at, right at the beginning. You said the significance of the WOTUS is you may not you may not pollute a waters of the U.S., but you may pollute other water or other places. But that isn't exactly correct, right? In terms of there's other things in place that might govern a non-WOTUS, particularly at the state level. Certain, certainly, yes. I mean, WOTUS is a federal term. Right, so we're talking about the federal EPA regulating certain geographic features that are WOTUS. Um, but the Clean Water Act, right at the beginning, Section 101B, talks about the state's involvement in all this. And if I were to look at it, it kind of the different administrations, I would say the Obama administration looked at it as 
okay, we can regulate many geographic features. And the states can also regulate some of these geographic features. So certain geographic features get regulated twice. In fact, in Virginia, you kind of a dual, you have to get a federal permit and the state permit for certain, for certain water bodies. Um, where I think the Trump administration looks at it differently. They say, all right, the federal goes up to a certain point, certain water bodies are under federal control, and then the other water bodies are under state control. Um, and I would agree with that, with that paradigm in that what we're talking about the states regulating are kind of the smaller water bodies, not the traditionally navigable waters that you can put a boat on and move commerce and that kind of stuff. That's clearly federal and bigger tributaries. But then you get down to those small ephemeral ones we were talking about, um, the ones you can kind of step over, <laughs> the ditches. That's much more state concern. That's much more like land use. And land use is a traditional state concern. So after the Trump administration finalized their rule, we have seen certain states kind of stepping up, trying to say, okay, we have to change. If we want these things to be regulated. We're going to have to change our laws to regulate them. And I think that's the way it's supposed to work, that the, the certain waters are waters of the state. Certain waters are waters of the United States. And there's no, and as the regulated industry, we hate it when there's, we're well, going to get two permits for the same water body. I mean, that's, that's, that's not a good system. That's just, that's just wasteful. And for, for my industry, all that does is raise the cost of housing. Can you talk a little bit more about how this affects your members, which are home builders? Actually, our members pull more Clean Water Act permits probably than any other industry. One of the reasons is that, that we get stormwater permits anytime you disturb more than five acres or more than one acre, that's part of a bigger plan that disturbs more than five acres. So we have to get Clean Water Act permits for our stormwater during construction. But also we do have to fill you know, wetlands and water bodies and then we have stream crossings and things like that just to get to different pieces of property. You know, there might be a stream running through a pro uh, project. So you gotta have some kind of crossing over it. Well, it's gonna build in that stream some way, you're gonna get a Clean Water Act permit. Or there might be a wetland that you've gotta cross over and you gotta fill some of it. Uh, so that's, that's where our industry, you know, it, and it's expensive. So there are such things called nationwide permits, which are for smaller impacts to WOTUS. And everyone tries to get in those. Those are more streamlined, they're quicker to get, it's much easier to get a nationwide permit than get an individual permit. When you're in the individual permit world, it's much more expensive and much more time consuming to get the permit. And that's where the costs come from. Uh, so, you know, you, you raise the cost of creating of the lot, you're going to raise the cost of the home. Um, it's, it's kind of that simple for us. Well, thank you, Tom. Before I thank you for your time and let you sign off for us today, any additional thoughts or what folks might should look for or think about as we head into 2021 in the new administration? Like I said, I mean, keep, you know, we're going to look at the litigation first to see what the DOJ does with all these lawsuits. And I think that will give everyone the hint as to what's going to happen. And I think the hint is going to be, we're going to relook at this. Um, the, the Biden administration is going to relook at it. In what way? I, I, 
I would hope they look at it and say, okay, we can keep most of this and we'll tinker around the edges if that's what they want to do. Of course, my hope would be they look at it and say, no, this is fine. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not so, <laughs> I don't really believe that that's what's going to happen. I hope they look at it and say that, you know, that this is, this is mostly right and maybe they can tinker around the edges if there's something they want to change on it. Um, but the litigation will tell. Once the DOJ goes in and says, we want to look at it, I don't think the agency is going to look at it and not do something. Um, and that's where the public process. And you, 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 you go in, you write comments, you, you meet with the agency, and you make your point. Thank you, Tom. And on that note, we've reached the end of our time today. Tom, thank you again for taking the time to speak with me about WOTUS. You are a veteran of the WOTUS pendulum <laughs> swinging, we will say. I'll talk about WOTUS all day long with you, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> and for listeners, if you're interested in more information about the various WOTUS rulemakings, there's links to the relevant EPA web pages in today's episode notes. And with that, I'm Megan Burge. Thank you for spending time with me today on Environmental Evolutions. Thank you for listening to this BakerBots podcast. For more information on BakerBots practices, please visit us at bakerbots.com. For over 180 years, through 13 offices in nine countries, BakerBots has the experience, knowledge, and people to solve our clients' most significant legal issues. This presentation is provided by BakerBots LLP for educational and informational purposes only. It is not legal advice. Under the rules of certain jurisdictions, this communication may constitute attorney advertising.